words have started more school playground fights than any other words in the English language. Yo mama. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Your mama's so big, she went swimming in the ocean in Spain, claimed her for the new world. <laughs> Your mama's so ugly, she made Hello Kitty say goodbye. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> Aren't you glad I'm professional enough not to say your mama jokes on Mother's Day? Check out this statistic. By the time her child reaches the age of 18, a mother has had to handle an extra 18,000 hours of child-generated work. In fact, women who never have children enjoy the equivalent of an extra three months a year of personal time. Being a mom is hard work. I do not know that from experience, but I thank God for all the mamas. And kids make life interesting, don't they? <laughs> One day a mother walked into the kitchen and her daughter was, was sitting on the table scribbling and she said, baby, what are you drawing? She said, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the mother said, sweetheart, nobody knows what God looks like. She said, well, they will in a minute. <laughs> kids make life exciting. Today on Mother's Day, we're going to look at a mama listed in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 one says this, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Let me know faith gives us access to the spiritual realm. Faith gives us the power to overcome the enemy. First John 5, 4 says this, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Tell somebody, I'm an overcomer. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Come on, tell somebody, have faith in God. Amen. Come on, say that again. Have faith in God. And we're going to learn from Moses' mama today because she was a woman of faith. A woman of great importance, had a very famous son, yet many people don't know her name. Numbers 2659, the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi. He was born to Levi in Egypt and to Amram. She bore Aaron and Moses and their sister Mary. Her name was Jochebed, the mother of Moses. In Hebrew, it's pronounced Yocheved. Can y'all have a little fun with me? Come on, just say Yocheved. Ah, Lachaim, All right. So her name is Jochebed. We call her Jochebed. The Hebrews call her Yocheved. And it says that she looked at the baby and saw that he was a fine child. Don't you love that? Exodus 2, 2. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch, and she placed it, placed the child in it, and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. At this point in history, at the time of the birth of Moses, Israel, the Israelites were under intense persecution. The Egyptians felt threatened by them. They enslaved them. And to make things worse, Pharaoh ordered that every baby boy born into a Hebrew family had to be thrown into the Nile River. Notice the tactic of the enemy. He came after the next generation. He came after the babies. 
Pharaoh did it in the Old Testament. Herod did it in the New Testament. And the enemy is still doing it today. Because the enemy is threatened by the potential of the next generation. The enemy won't sit and wait for you to become what God wants you to become. He will attack you and try to take you out before you ever walk into your God-given potential. You know, sometimes the enemy will attack you and you know it has nothing to do with where you are right now. It has everything to do with where you're going. Hello. The enemy's coming after you not because you're in church today, but because you plan on coming back next Sunday. The enemy's messing with your finances not because you're tithing now, but he's afraid you're going to keep on tithing. Pharaoh was trying to destroy the next generation of Israel. Needless to say, this point in history was the worst time for Jochebed to be pregnant. Just because it's inconvenient doesn't mean it's not part of God's plan. Do I need to say that again? It may be inconvenient, but that doesn't mean it's not part of God's plan. Maybe you were born at an inconvenient time. Maybe you weren't born in the best of circumstances. Maybe people, maybe people have labeled you an accident or a mistake. People make mistakes, but God never does. Psalm 139.13, God says to you, I knit you together in your mother's womb. There is no such thing as an illegitimate baby in God's eyes. You are not an accident and you are not a mistake. You were created by God with a divine purpose, a divine calling, a divine destiny. Jochebed was pregnant at an inconvenient time. She got pregnant and had a baby boy when a baby boy was not even allowed. In man's eyes, this moment in history was the worst time to be born, but in God's eyes, this moment in history was precisely the right time to be born. God's greatest gifts are often birthed out of the worst seasons of life. God does His best work in the worst of times. Some of you need to write that down and remember that and hang on to that. God does good work in bad times. So let's look at the lessons we learned from Jochebed. Exodus 1, 22 through Exodus 2, verse 2. Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile to let every girl live. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant, gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him. Notice what verse 2 says. She saw that he was a fine child. That's the first thing we learned from the life of Jochebed. She saw her child. It's important for parents to see their children because there's a difference between looking and seeing. It's important for parents to recognize their child's potential and their value. Moses' mama looked at him and saw that he was valuable. I think that's the power of a mama. You can take the worst criminal on earth, and his mama's going to be sitting at the trial crying, that's my baby. Why? Because mama sees potential that nobody else recognizes, but that is the power of a godly mama. That's one reason why she's listed among the great men and women of faith in the Bible. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child. Mom and daddy, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, your child, your grandchild, your niece, your nephew is not an ordinary child. And the sooner you recognize that, the sooner you want to help them see their God-given potential. By faith, they hid him because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king. 
The book of Hebrews credits both of his parents, but Exodus says it was the mama. I thank God for mothers who recognize that their children are valuable. Parents, your children will get their identity from you. It's your job to see their potential and tell them about it. It was Moses' mother, first and foremost, who saw him for who he was. She saw his value, and it affected how she raised him. When the mother sees the value of her child, nobody can convince her otherwise. She knew that her child mattered, and he was important. He had value, and she would, would not let the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, dissuade him. She defied the highest authority in the land because of it. Think about it. Moses was not the first one to defy Pharaoh. It was his mama. Don't mess with mama. Doesn't matter. Don't mess with mama. It's important to recognize the value of your children. When they're young, when they're growing, when they're developing, teach them their value and declare their worth. Nobody in the Bible had a ministry like Jesus. Jesus came onto the scene and changed the world. Thousands were healed. Demons were cast out. The dead were raised. But who got Jesus started in ministry? We find the answer in John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Canaan, Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And Jesus said, woman, Jesus might have talked to his mama like that, but don't you try. <laughs> he said, woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. And Mary said, you think so? Look at the faith of a mama. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. That's faith right there. She got Jesus started in ministry. Here is Jesus, 30 years old. She never stopped seeing Jesus for who he was, for who the angels said he was, for who the prophets said he was. She never lost sight of Luke one thirty five when the angel said the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary stopped, never stopped seeing Jesus for who he was. So never underestimate the power of what a mother sees in her child. So number one, she saw her child. And my wife's going to come with point number two this morning. So point number one is she saw her child. Point number two is to shelter her child. To provide shelter is to provide protection. Protection from evil, from protection from harm, because as a mother, we always want to protect our kids, no matter how old or how young they are. You want to provide that protection for them. I think about a plant, and whenever it's a seed, you put it in the ground or you put it in a pot and you water it and you nurture it. Some people will throw it out, but for my seeds, I water it, I nurture it, and I wait until the right time to plant it in the ground. I wait till the roots are strong enough to continue with the weather and to make sure that it's going to stand firm at whatever comes its way. And as parents and as moms, that's what we're to do for our kids. We're to protect our children from the world. We're to protect our children from the evilness. And that means that we don't just throw them out and say, here, you survive on your own. We wait until they're ready. Sometimes at early ages, they say, oh, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for a phone. They're not. I'm not ready 
into our phones, <laughs> in all honesty. They're not ready for things. And as parents and as moms, we have to protect our kids from the evilness of the world. And that's what she did. She saw what was coming, and she said, I'm not going to let Moses die. And said, I'm going to protect him in a way that's not popular. Everybody else was letting their kids die. But she said, no, I'm not going to let my child die. Instead, I'm going to be in those protections, even if it means i got to let him go to protect him so that he survives. So she put him in the hands of her daughter, of his daughter. But what I love about this story is that she turned around and let his own mother take care of him. Because his own mother knew what was best for him. She knew how to protect him. She knew how to shelter him. So nobody but you needs to raise your children. Because you know what is best for your child. And you need to put in those protections of safety, even when it's not popular. Right? Because right now, everything's popular that's not good. The internet, you name it. Because we're all made in His image. In Genesis 1.27, it says, God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. If men and women are different, but we're both made in His image, that means that we can have some characteristics of God in men and other characteristics of God in women. Right? In the same way that God nurses His people, a godly mother is going to nurture her child. She's going to protect that child. She's going to take care of that child. And she's going to discipline that child. Dads are good at providing structure, but mothers are, are good at providing shelter. You want to know how you know that? Just come out of mama about their kids. You're going to see how protective and how sheltered they are over their child. So number one is she saw her child, and number two, she sheltered her child. All right. Good stuff, amen. Number three, she secured her child. Verse three, when she could hide him no longer, she got the papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and bits. Then she placed the child in it and put it along the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Now, I know the NIV calls it a papyrus basket, which is literally what it was, but in the original Hebrew, there's a special word used here, and it's the word teva, which means ark. Somebody say teva. Uh, y'all are Hebrew scholars today. Shalom. All right, somebody say ark. Okay. In verse 2, we see Moses' mother. She was a God-fearing woman. Pharaoh had passed judgment on the Hebrew children, and Jochebed knew exactly what God had done in the past to save his children. It's important. She's a woman of faith. Because she's a woman of faith, she knows what the Word of God says. She knows what God did before, and that determined her response now. She remembered what God did to save his people before. He built an ark. And because God prepared an ark to save Noah, Jochebed prepared an ark to save Moses. By the way, if you need an ark, I know a guy. But oops, that's all. 
So here's the point. Jochebed remembered what God had done in times past. And this is the lesson. A godly mother looks to the Word of God for direction. She took the basket, she prepared it, she secured Moses inside of it, and unlike Noah's great big ark, this was a tiny little basket. And here's the thing about a tiny ark. There's no room to move around inside. Moses' mother made sure that he was tight and snug in there. Because if he had room to even roll over, he could have drowned. Think about that. Come on, somebody say, Mama built the ark. Come on, tell somebody else, Mama built the ark. She built the ark understanding that there is safety in structure. Jesus said, small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. It's important that your children know how late they can and can't be out. It's important that they know what movies they can and cannot watch. Because they don't need another best friend, they need a mother. So mama, build the ark around your kids. When Pharaoh took the male babies from the Israelites, they threw them into the Nile and fed them to the crocodiles. But when Moses was thrown into the river, it was the same river, the same danger, the same crocodiles, but it was the structure that his mother made for him that made all the difference. Mom, you might be tired of enforcing the rules right now. You might be tired of the constant battle of discipline. You might be sick of being the bad guy that ruins all the fun, but do not let up and don't give up. Those very rules may one day save your child's life. Galatians 6.9 says this, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. My wife's coming with our last point this morning. This last one. All mamas need to hear this one. We need to hear the whole message, but this one. She put her child in God's hands. So often we try to control everything, and we think that we're the only ones that can take care of our kids, but God's the ultimate one that can take care of our kids. So she put Moses in God's hands. That day at the bank of the Nile, she came to a really scary place. It was no longer safe to shelter Moses, and Pharaoh's soldiers were behind her, and the river was in front of her. She had done everything that she possibly could do to keep him protected, to keep him safe. And now it was time to let go of Moses and let God do the rest. And that's a hard place to be in, is when you've done all and you've got water in front of you and the enemy coming behind you and you are standing there trusting God. And she never lost faith. She didn't look what was behind her, and she didn't look at what was in front of her. She saw God, and she saw the destiny that God had placed on that child when he was formed in her womb. And she said, I'm not going to lose sight of what God is going to do in this child, no matter what it looks like right now. And, you know, she was at this position 
that Moses ended up on the doorstep of the enemy. Right? Somebody that wanted to kill him. But she never one time stopped trusting God. She watched Moses grow up. She watched as he became more like the Egyptians. She watched as he began to talk like the Egyptians. As he began, she, he began to act like the Egyptians. As he began to walk like the Egyptians. And as he began to dress like the Egyptians. And here Moses was being raised by the enemy. And even though it seems like the enemy had won, he looked like the world. He looked like the environment that he been, had been in. She never lost faith. She never lost hope. And maybe today you've watched your child that you raised start walking like the world, start talking like the world. But today I want to tell you something. Don't lose hope. Do not lose hope. Because the Word says it in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And here's the little disclaimer. The Bible doesn't say that that's going to come back in a couple of days and he's going to serve God. He could be 80 years old because Moses was 80 years old whenever he returned to the Israelites to set them free. And if you've got a kid that you've seen walk away, or maybe as a mom of a young child, that's one of your worst fears. You don't want to see your kid turned into the world, walking like the world, talking like the world. And maybe today you've lost hope and you see that they're drifting further and further away. Do not lose hope because God's word, his word does not return void. And if you've raised that child in the way of God, he is going to go in the way of God. Do not lose hope. Do not get despair. Do not give up on praying on him because God never gave up on us. And there was a time when our mamas were praying for us. Our grandmas were praying for us. Do not lose hope. Do not give up. If you'll stand, we're going to pray. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for every mother that's here today. God, I thank you for every family that's represented. God, I pray right now on this Mother's Day, Lord, that you just embrace every mother today. God, that you see their tears, you see the pain, you see the struggles. And Lord, I pray right now that you touch them, that you give them peace, that you give them hope. Lord, that they feel your glory and your presence, Father. Lord, that if they're struggling with their kids this morning, God, that you give them divine hope, that you give them divine wisdom, Father, and what that child needs. Lord, I thank you, Father, for giving every parent here the eyes to see the goodness in their child, to see the destiny that God has proclaimed over them, Father. And God, give them wisdom to help them reach that destiny. God, give them the words to say. Lord, help us be the parents that you've called us to be. Not parents that are cool 
and their friend, God, but parents that stand firm and say, you are going to church. You are not going to watch that. But God, give us the wisdom and the obedience, Father, to be the parents and those strong parents that you've called us to be. And Lord, this morning, I pray for every mama here and every parent that has lost hope. God, I thank you for restoration in any relationship that has been severed or it's rocky. God, I thank you, Father, for for putting those family units back together this morning. God, I thank you, Father, for healing those units, for healing relationships, Father, that the enemy has tried to come in and destroy. God, I thank you for peace. God, I thank you for parents, Father, Lord, for forgiveness and for giving them a new love for their child like they've never had before. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, for the generation that's to come. Lord, that you've got purpose and destiny for them, God, and that you use us as a church body to be a village to help every parent in here to raise their kids up in the way that you would say that they needed to be raised, God. That we always stay focused on your word and how you say raise them, Father. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you and we give you glory. And Lord, we give you honor, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise? Don't lose hope, Mama. Don't let guilt try to come in and take over your mind because Mama's guilt is no joke. Don't lose hope. You cast down those imaginations. God created you to be the perfect mother for the child that he has given you. You have the ability and you have exactly what God has given you. And he gave you those kids for a reason. Don't let the enemy come in and distract you. But you know, God sent Moses to save a nation. But God sent his only son, Jesus, to save the world. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This morning, if you haven't committed your life to Christ, today is the best day to do that. And I'm going to ask that everybody say this prayer with us. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Save me. Set me free. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. And I will live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise? Can we give Him some glory?